0: Today's message is week 9 in the series Return of the King in the book of 1 Thessalonians. Pastor Greg McCormick is preaching and has entitled this message, The King is Coming. We're in a series that we've titled Return of the King. Speaks to the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I've titled the message today, The King is Coming. The King is coming. We're going to pick up in First Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. We're going to read through to the end of the chapter, and Paul writes, He says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord and therefore encourage one another with these words. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 24. He said, But concerning the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. And therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake, would not let his house be broken into. And therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. At this point, Pastor Greg uses a video illustration Please check the podcast description for a link to this video. Thank you. Sobering, isn't it? Isn't it? Jesus Christ is coming back. The Bible tells us that there are two instances where Jesus is going to come back the first is known as the second coming of Christ the second coming is hinges upon prophecy being fulfilled one prophecy that we know must be fulfilled is written in the book of Daniel chapter 9 talks about the abomination of desolation that happens during the tribulation period when there's all kinds of sorrow and plagues and and all kinds of things going on on the earth that we do not want to be part of. That's when when, when, when Jesus comes back the second time. He's coming back with the church. And when he comes back in the second coming, he's not coming to play tiddlywinks. Our Savior, our King, when He returns, He's coming to kick some booty. I can say booty, can't I? I just did. I'm the pastor. He's coming back with us, and He's coming to establish His reign on this earth, to rid the earth of sin and sickness and disease and death forever. We will reign with him on the second return for a thousand years in the face of our enemy as he's locked away. Watching us enjoy what it means to experience the new heaven and the new earth. We get to experience that in the second coming just prior to us ruling for an eternity with our king. But that's not what Paul is talking about in this passage of scripture. Paul is talking about the rapture of the church. Paul is talking about Jesus Christ coming back for us, the church. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, listen, this thing is going to happen in the moment, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Before you can bat your eye, it's going to happen. It's not dependent on anything. It could happen any moment. The Bible says when that happens, that the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Those who've gotten their past, earned their way through death in Christ, whose spirits have been united with the Father, are going to come back suspended in the clouds. And then the Bible says Jesus, the voice of Jesus himself, is going to sound like the voice of an archangel. And the dead in Christ, their bodies that have been scattered out. I don't know. I don't know how that happens. Molecules all over the place. I don't know how it's going to happen. How those bodies are going to come back together. I have no idea. But it is going to happen that the dead in Christ, whose spirits have have been with the Father, are going to come back and inhabit. They're glorified bodies because Paul tells us in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that our mortal body will not inherit the kingdom of God, only our immortal body. So, in that moment, in the twinkling of an eye, bam! Just like that, our bodies are going to be changed from mortal to immortal. And those who are dead in Christ are going to rise first. And then, For those of us who are alive and remain, the Bible says in the moment, in an instant, we are going to be caught up to meet the Lord together in the air. It is going to happen. Turn to your neighbor, touch your neighbor and say, it is going to happen. No, really, look at your neighbor, the person next to you, and tell them it is going to happen. Listen, man, I'm going to tell you guys, this thing is real. This is not a joke. This is real. The king is coming back. And when he raptures the church, it's going to happen in the blink of an eye. The question is will you be ready? Will you be ready? Paul says in in the book of 1 Thessalonians, down to 18th verse of the the fourth chapter, he says, comfort one another with these words. Encourage one another with these words. We as followers of Jesus Christ get to encourage one another knowing that our king is coming. But for those who are outside of relationship with Jesus Christ, it's a totally different picture. You can be prepared today before you leave this place. The question is, will you be ready? And so today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, I offer the Savior to you today. Today, you're going to walk out of here and you're not going to have an excuse. For if Jesus cracks the sky... And comes back and raptures the church. You will have no excuse for being left behind. It is going to happen. It is going to happen. Will you be ready? Peter, you can bring your team up. I want everyone to stand with me. In just a few minutes, we're going to exit out of here, and we're going to take communion together as a family. The body of Christ has been observing this ordinance for Several thousand years. And Paul tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians, he says, let a man examine himself before he eats. When Paul talks about examining, he said, see if there's anything in your heart as a follower of Jesus that may keep you from the sweet spot of relationship with him. Examine that. And in this moment, offer that up to Jesus. If there's someone who you need to ask and beg forgiveness, make it a covenant in your heart. If that person's not standing next to you, make a covenant in your heart to get with that person so that you're clean and that you're pure before the Lord. That's what Paul is talking about. But you could be here today. You can play, Peter. It's okay. You might be here today Not knowing Jesus Christ. Don't even know how to enter into relationship with Him. It's it's simple. The first thing you have to do is acknowledge that we are all sinners. Paul says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then we have to acknowledge that Jesus Christ can forgive us of our sins. Because if we die in our sins or get left behind the wages of sin, the penalty for sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if you want to know Jesus Christ today, it's really simple. Paul instructs us that all we have to do is confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead and we will be saved. It takes both. It's not enough just to believe. It's not enough just to confess. It takes both. Then the Bible says: whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a free gift. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus Christ into the world to be the atoning sacrifice, to reconcile us back in relationship. So all we have to do is embrace the good news of Jesus Christ. And we will be saved. So today, if you've never embraced the gospel of Jesus, today is your day. If you've never embraced the saving grace of Jesus Christ I want you to bow your head and close your eyes and repeat this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner and I need you. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I pledge to live for you alone and make you Lord and King of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, we want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. Don't we, family? And listen, don't keep that to yourself. In just a few minutes, we're going to take communion together, and we're going to share a meal together. And I want you to find someone, maybe someone that, that, you, that came with you, that you brought to church with you, or you came with them. and Let them know the decision that you've made so that we as a church family can come alongside you and walk with you, nurture you in the things of Jesus so that you're not out there by yourself. I mentioned in a few minutes we're going to take communion. We're going to bless the food right now. We're going to sing a song. And then we're going to meet out there in the auditorium or in the foyer. Okay? But don't leave yet because we're going to sing together. Father, I thank you for your word. That stands alone. I thank you for your word that is forever settled in heaven. I thank you for the knowledge. I thank you for the truth that you are soon coming again to take us back to be with you. Lord, I pray for every single person in here those that know you and those who still stand on the outside of relationship with you, Lord, I pray that you'll bring them to yourself and for those who know you, you'll draw us closer so that we can be ready when you come back. Lord, we bless this food that we're about to receive for the nourishment of our bodies. Lord, we thank you that it's around a meal that we can fellowship and get to know you better and get to know one another as well. So we give you the rest of the day. You are our soon coming King. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.